calling. Number one is to be set apart. Say that with me. Say set apart. Set apart. You know, Jesus had many job titles. He, he had many job titles. We, we're going to list some of those this morning. A, a job title is a task. It's a description of something that has to get done. So all of us in this room have different titles that we carry in life. Uh, depending if you're a newborn baby, you still have a title. Your title could be son or daughter. But as you get older, you begin to have more titles. Some in this room, some of you have many, many titles. Jesus had many titles. And we're going to go from that angle and talking about being set apart. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? And all of God's people said, Amen. we're encouraged by belonging to Christ. Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? These are all about, ask yourself these questions. Is my heart tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Great qualities of fatherhood and motherhood and just being a born-again Christian. Thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think uh, equally, equality, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. We're seeing some job titles of Jesus here. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, verse 9, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Amen. And that name, let's say it out loud together. That name is? We can do better than that on a Sunday rainy morning. That name is? Amen. Let's say it like we want the rain to stop. That name is? Amen. That name is Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. These are titles. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Father, bless this word. We're about to hear the remaining message, and we give you praise. Lord, our goal here today is to go deeper, to hear from you, Lord. I know you're speaking to us, and to be set apart. We choose to be holy. It's a choice. Bless this word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to speak to you this morning on the, on the subject of the titles of Jesus. Because he was truly set apart, wasn't he? He For a purpose. And we have a generation of, of uh, let's be honest, it's Father's Day. We have a generation of, of men in this church. I'm so thankful for godly men. And, and I know we can say in this house we have some men who, who lead by example. But we need more, amen? It's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to, to have a family. But we need to lead our families. And we need to be leaders in the house of God, amen? And so Jesus carried many job titles, and I'm going to read them. There's so many. I'm not going to spend any time. I'm just going to read them really fast. And just to give you an overall idea of how many things he had on his plate himself. Okay. Jesus was the Almighty. He was the Alpha and the Omega. He was an advocate, author and perfect, perfecter of our faith. 
He was authority, bread of life. He was the son of God. He's a bridegroom. He's the chief cornerstone, deliverer, faithful, true. He's a good shepherd. He's a great high priest. He is the head of the church. He is a holy servant. He is I am. He's Emmanuel, indescribable gift. He's judge, king of king, lamb of God, light of the world, lion of the tribe of Judah, Lord of all, mediator. Can I keep going? That's half. Messiah, mighty one, one who sets us free. He is our hope. He is our peace. He's a prophet. He's a redeemer. He's the risen Lord. He's our rock. He's the sacrifice for our sins. He's our Savior. He is the Son of Man. He's the Son of the Most High. He's the Supreme Creator of all. These are all in the Bible. There's a scripture for each one. You can have my notes if you want them. Resurrection and the life. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. And he's the life. And Wednesday nighters, he is also the true vine. We've been talking about that. He's the victorious one. He's the wonderful counselor, mighty God. Amen. Amen. Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Jesus has a lot of job titles, doesn't he? He's indescribable. And we, we try to describe him in our English lexicon, and it's impossible, but we do our best, and he's indescribable. I want to explain just for a few minutes about Jesus being not only Jesus of the A.D., but Jesus of B.C. of all time. B.C. means, come on, we all know that means what? Before Christ, right? Anything that happened before Jesus was born happened in B.C. time. Quickly, we know then it's followed by 80. Now, some people think that 80 means after death. It actually doesn't mean after death. It's a Latin word, which is right there, anno domini. That's the word A.D. means ammo domini. The word translated actually means the year of our Lord. Okay, so A.D. translated from Latin to English means the year of our Lord. Isn't that good? So today is June 16th. 2019, the year of our Lord. Amen? Every year is the year of our Lord. No matter what happens in the world, it is still the year of the Lord. This is how we, we tell time. Why is this important? Because every person on the planet, every race, every region, every leader, every person are telling time based, right? Based on the history of the birth of Jesus Christ. People cannot tell time or keep record of time without him. Amen? I mean, because not only is it his story, it really is his story. History is his story. And we are in that as believers. So I want to give you this idea about Jesus being in B.C., before Christ, and A.D., which is Ammo Domini in Latin. All right? So we understand. History. History. So this morning, I want to look at some of these job tiles. So Jesus has job tiles, not just in the New Testament church. He has them in the Old Testament. How many of you can see Jesus in the Old Testament? Foreshadowing, right? Coming, coming through the scriptures, he was always there. And he has these top job titles. Job titles. Think about it. What are a job title? What's your title? You know, it's a description of what you do, right? Some of you this morning, there might be somebody here that's a, that's a, a banker or somebody that's a police officer or some of you that, that are gardeners or if you're retired, maybe you're, you find yourself doing like daycare at your house sometimes, you know, but you might be a student. We all have these titles that have meaning, they have definition. 
Uh, the first title I ever had, I, I received it in 1972. My first title was Son. I don't remember that day very well. But I had a title, right? I was Son. I wasn't pastor. I wasn't father. My titles were pretty simple. Son and maybe crier. <laughs> and, but a title, see, a title indicates a task. Even a son has a task. Even a son has a task. The Word of God says that children are to obey their parents, right? To honor their father and mother. And it says that they will live a, a long life. And all the parents in the house ought to say amen. That's a good place right there. Amen? All the children should say amen to that too, right? We have a title. We have a task. That is to obey our parents. So a title comes with a task. Say that with me. A title comes with a task. One of the titles that we all carry in this room is the title of Christian. It comes with the task. It's not just like, well, I'm a Christian. I can do what I want. I can just kind of lay back. No, God has given us a task. We have to reach the world, the great commission for Jesus Christ. We have a task. See, one of the, one of the next titles that I ever received after son, and I haven't lost that title of son. That's interesting. I'm still, right? You don't lose some of these titles. The next title I received was student. I wasn't as happy about this title. How many know being a student, all the students at summer break, I think for everybody now, I hope, hopefully by now, they, they let you out of those schools. You got to work, get the summer off, and now it's time to rejoice. But the next title I really had was student. That title indicated a task. What do you think that task is? And it was not to slack off, <laughs> even though I thought so. But that title was to be a learner. That's a task. Church, we are still students, and we are always supposed to be students, amen? Lifelong learners. It's Father's Day. Man, I, I, I want you to understand this. We need to continue to, to learn and lead by learning. We can never stop being a student. That's a task. That's a title that we carry throughout life. It's what I call being a forever learner. You know, I remember my first job I had, and I got paid big bucks, man. I remember I got paid $5 to mow the church grass. And, and guess what? I still have that title. <laughs> I do. I don't get 5 bucks for it anymore. But I, I remember I would mow that grass, and I was given the title, and I was pretty proud of it. Yeah, I was 11 years old, and I really thought, like, I was the big time. I rode the church riding mower. I, they gave me that responsibility, 11, 12 years old. And, and it was my job not to crash into things. And hit gutters and people and cars. Sorry if your car got hit. All these years later, I do apologize. But that was a job title. You know, I had to do it every week, right? I mean, there's a task. I had to mow the grass every week when it was nice out. And I had to drive carefully. It, it came with responsibility. I had to, I had to do my best. And I, I had to make sure not to miss any areas. And I, and I wanted to look really good. And I learned in that season of my life, that excellence is actually a spirit before it's a way. Amen? Whatever task God has given you, you need to ask yourself, am I doing it with excellence? Whether you're a son or a daughter, a father or a mother, a student, a worker, whatever your task is, whatever your title is, you need to ask God, am I doing that title with excellence? Because it's something that we carry. How many know as believers, as Christians, we should carry a spirit of excellence? Because church, we are set apart. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of sometimes heartbroken that I see a lot of believers that I, I, I kind of, from a distance, and, and I try, I just pray for people. I say, Lord, I, I, it doesn't appear that they're still set apart from the things of this world. Walking through the mall yesterday, I couldn't help but just, I literally was at the mall, and I was, I have to admit, I was shopping for some ideas to give Heather for Father's Day, and she did it. I, I planted some seeds, and this morning I got up, and there was a beautiful new jacket for me. <laughs> I have a good wife. But I was at the mall. My heart was a little bit broken. As I looked around, I saw, the, and, I, and, I, and I love seeing all the different types. If you go to the mall, you'll see the nations. <laughs> you don't have to go very far, church. But I couldn't help to look in every store and see that there's a certain agenda in every store right now. And I don't need to go into that too much. But my heart was saying, we need to be set apart, church. Come on, somebody. Amen? What happened with, with us being set apart and showing people the love of Jesus? Living with, with a, a set of morals and a set of standards that we have. Amen? I believe Jesus is coming again soon. I want to be so ready. Uh, our job title is to lead people to Christ. Listen, church, you have a job title. I'm going to give it to you today if you don't know it. You are a preacher. The job of a pastor is not a preacher. My job is to equip the saints. And the saints are the preachers. And we all go out and we lead people to Jesus Christ. Amen? We need the whole church. If we all led people to one person to Christ this week, listen, we're setting up some chairs. Wouldn't that be nice? I want to see you lose your parking spot. I want to really see, I would love to see you come in here and your favorite seat's gone. I mean, I have a couple favorite seats, you know, and I want to see these seats all filled. Amen? We have titles. We have a job to do. We have to, first of all, be set apart to do the job well. And so these are job titles because we understand. How many know we serve a God of order and we serve an awesome, a God of excellence? Amen? We need to serve an awesome. Jesus came and he was given all these titles, but the best title he could ever give, and we're going to talk about some of his titles in a moment, was he was the son of God. He was the Christ. And no, that word Christ is not his last name. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You know, I remember when I was in Bible college, I got hired by Service Master Carpet Cleaning. Glorious. <laughs> but I was excited for a job. And God planted me in a place with a Christian boss. His name is Dave Biaggi. Matter of fact, when I was studying last night, I said, I'm going to find Dave. So I found him on Facebook. I'm waiting his friend request, his acceptance. But I got hired by Dave Biaggi. And, and my boss was a great guy, but he was very detailed. Here's how detailed he was. I learned from the first day he wanted me. I worked in the office, and, and one of my jobs was to bring him a coffee. I was a coffee boy, yeah. And so I, he said, I want my coffee. Every time when you come in here, you know, get me a coffee. I want two cream, two sugar. And he wanted a little white straw with a red line down it in the cup every single time. And he wanted it on a little napkin. I'm not kidding. And he wanted it on a certain place on his desk. Now listen. I took pride in that. I made sure every time I came to work, guess what? I'm getting my boss a fresh cup of coffee. Amen. I'm going to put those two creams. I'm going to put two sugars. And I'm going to make sure that straw is not bent or crooked or has a hole in it. I'm going to make sure he's got just what he asked for. Why? Because I want to do my job, my task with excellence. I want to be set apart from the other employees who slack off. And so because of that, thank God I, I took pride in that. 
and I wasn't making much money. But my boss said, you know, you're doing such a good job. I want to hire you on the weekends. I needed another job in Bible college badly. He said, I want you to come out to my house. I'm thinking, like, this is going to be good. He's going to invite me and my family over for steaks. We're going we're gonna to just play some, some horseshoes, right? He goes, I want you to come over to my house. I have these horses. And I knew this was going down real fast. I'm like, oh, no. He goes, well, I'll pay you. And my ears perked up. He goes, I need someone like you who's very detail-oriented to clean out the horse stalls on Saturday. I took the job. For two years, every weekend, I cleaned my boss's horse stalls. I scooped the poop. <laughs> I could have complained, but guess what? He gave me a task. My title was not only son and father and husband and Bible college student. I was also given the title of horse poop scooper. I mean, sometimes we get titles, but we still need to do it with our very best effort. Church. The title of a father, though, is an is a, is a interesting title. And maybe you're in this room and you don't have kids, and, I, and maybe you're a father, or a father now you have kids, or a grandfather, an uncle. Maybe someday you will have kids. But it's a role sometimes our, our society has lost the definition of what it means to be a father. So shortly after Bible college, our family began to grow, and we had two at this time, and I began to understand that title of being a father and I, and I think about these seasons of my life, and I go back to, to being the role of a husband and a father. And I was learning that with that title comes a task, church. There's, there's a task involved to be a good father, to be a good husband. In 1993, I met my wife. I mean, I didn't meet her. I married, married her. And I met her in 1985. And now in this season of my life, God has given me the, the privilege to be under the title of pastor. And I am honored uh, for that. I want to be honest with you. It's my dream job. I love being a pastor. I love preaching. That, that's a dream job for me. And I, I'm so thankful for the title of pastor. But it's not just a title. How many know there's a task? Titles aren't what define us. It's how we do the task. It's if I'm going to be set apart for Christ. Anybody can be a father. Amen? But how many can love your children the way that our Heavenly Father loves us? Anybody can be a husband. But how many know it's a whole different thing when you're a husband that loves his wife and treats her like a queen? All the ladies should say amen right there and give a little right there. That would be a good spot. And we understand that these titles are important. And so the title of father and the title of husband it's very important. You know, the word, the word preach, I talked about we are called to be preachers. The word preach means to proclaim. We are proclaiming things. And, and, and equipping the saints for ministry, meaning that we are being equipped. To if I, my, my title, my task in this church is to equip our church to be the preachers to, to reach the lost. Amen. I'm not fulfilling my, my title, my, my task, if, if we're not ever fulfilling the Great Commission. So we have to do things with excellence, church. And I want to talk one more time about this role of husband, men. I'm so blessed when I see, I've seen some of our young husbands and treating their wives, opening doors. Listen, that's awesome. 
And if you're not married, girls, look for a guy that's going to treat you like, go watch how he treats his, his mother or his, or his grandmother's aunts. Pay attention to that. We have a generation of, of, of men who forgot who they are. And there's something, guys, about great about being in the house of God. I'm so excited to see guys who are part of the God's house, who are growing, who are serving, who are leading. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? There's a lot of churches where, where they're just kind of like, you know, just not even a part of things and kind of just sit in the back and just kind of here but not here. I'm, I want to see a generation of young men who become husbands and fathers and pastors and missionaries and workers and leaders that, that are growing in the Lord. Amen that are set apart for a purpose. God has called us to be set apart, which means to be holy, to be set apart. The Bible said that Joseph was a righteous man. So this title of husband, there, there's a description of being a husband in God's word. There's a task to it. <laughs> there is a task to it. We're called to lay our life down for our wife. And this title of father, I love being a dad. And I know sometimes in this, in this generation, in this world today, we, we know one of the greatest things that happens is the role of the father is missing in a lot of families. I gave a stat last week which absolutely blew me away, and it comes from uh, Christianity Today, and that's where I find some of my information. But it gave this amazing stat. If a child comes to church first and gives their heart to Jesus Christ, it's, 20 plus, it's around 20 to 25% of the time the whole family will follow that child to church. We actually have some examples in our church of that happening. It's awesome. I love it. That's why we pour into our kids' ministry so much. A child can lead the way for a whole family. That is possible, and it happens. If a mom gets saved for the first person in the family, the mom gets saved, the likelihood is a little bit higher. It's almost 30%. It's the upper 20% of the time. The whole family will come to church, and they'll follow mom. But if a father gets saved, it's over 85% of the time the family will come to church and stay in church and give their life to Jesus Christ. Role of the father is vital. And so that's what we're seeing. You know, 90, listen to this, 94% of our churches in America are either declining or plateauing. So you have to ask yourself, is my walk with Christ plateauing or declining? Ask yourself. Am I being set apart or am I just kind of plateauing? Am I kind of being set apart? Because the stats of the church reflect us because we are the church. Amen? The church is not a building. The church is the people inside the building. God has called us to be set apart. He's given us this task, these titles, to, to be the best fathers, to be the best husbands, to be the best workers that we can be, to scoop the poop even when God asks us to, but to do our best. And I did that for two years, and I want to tell you this little story. When we were leaving Bible college, and after two years there in Oregon, my boss took me and my wife out to eat. And he said, you know what, I, and I say this in all humility, he said, I haven't had any employees like you. I asked you to do that. He's very particular. He liked things a certain way, and I, I just did my best for two years to do it. And, and I didn't expect this from a from, from person who, who was just my boss, and he said, I want to I bless you and your wife. I want to sow a seed into your life, into ministry. And my boss took me out for dinner, me and Heather, and, and Devin and Destiny were there, and Darby was somewhere in, in Mama's belly, and... and <laughs> And he took us out for dinner, and he, he poured into our life, and he blessed our family, and he, and he sent us on our way with a blessing. 
And how many know sometimes our, our role as a Christian, we can, we can do things with excellence, and we don't realize it, but we are changing the perspective of people's view of Christians by how we treat others. Amen? Because people are getting this twisted view of Christians that we, we do one thing on Sunday, and we act another way on Monday. Or we act one way in the house of God, and then we, we kind of hide, you know, <laughs> we hide on a, on a Monday. If the pastor walks in, everybody kind of scatters. It's funny how that happens. <laughs> and so we need, to, we need to ask God, am I set apart? The title God has given us. So back to this Old Testament, New Testament thing. And it's amazing about Jesus because he had so many titles, and I read them to you. Many of his first titles showed up in the Old Testament era, the B.C., before he was actually born in the flesh. In fact, the most famous title that Jesus carries, and you actually know it. You actually have heard of it. You might not know that it's a title. His most famous title is Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. And like I said, maybe some people thought the Christ was his last name, but it's not his last name. You know, Jesus doesn't check into the Super 8 and they're like, Mr. Christ, we have your room ready. The Christ is not his last name. He's Jesus Christ. Amen? That's a title. And Christ actually means the anointed one. Watch this. Christ comes from the Greek word Christo. Okay? Now, in the Greek, the word Christ or Christo is the same Hebrew word in the B.C. before Christ known as Messiah. Messiah. Christo. It's the same thing. See, in the Old Testament, prophets and priests were anointed by men. Right? They would anoint them, and they would pour the oil. And David, right, he was anointed by men in the Old Testament. Oil would be placed. And, and the men would come around, and they would anoint them, and that anointing would be with them for life. For life. And then they would have the anointing that would last forever. They were being, see, why, why were they anointing them? Because they were being set apart. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm strongly in the belief that God has anointed us, amen, to preach the good news. Come on, are you a preacher? How many preachers do I have in the house today? Amen. amen. You have a lot to be thankful for. We are called to preach the good news. God has anointed our life to preach the gospel. That's the greatest title we have. So they were being set apart for a purpose, for a job, for a description to be set apart. But then we have Jesus, the Messiah, the Christos, the anointed one. His, his job title, Jesus the Christ. But Jesus was not anointed by men, was he? He was anointed by God. That's the difference. Luke chapter 4 talks about it. In the A.D. here, Jesus is on the scene, and, and this is Luke 4, and he goes to the temple. You remember, he pulls out the scroll. And it's the book of Isaiah, and, and, and he pulls out the scroll. And what does he say? He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Tell yourself, I am anointed. You're anointed. How about that title? What kind of task is attached to that title? You're anointed. Worship team, there's an anointing on your life. Sound team, there's an anointing on you. 
greeters, there's an anointing on you. People who serve in the house of God, there's an anointing on you. Everyone in this room, you are preachers of the gospel. There's an anointing on your life. We need to live like it and be set apart. That is a, a title that God has given us that we need to live with excellence. Amen? Remember who we are in Christ. I am anointed, I am called, I am to be set apart. So when that temptation comes, when that thing you struggle with, you need to look it in the face and say, I'm anoint- I am an anointed person, I'm an anointed man or woman of God. Amen? We take dominion over those things in Jesus' name. Luke chapter 4, verse 14, that Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues, and he was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went, as usual, to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. By the way, we all understand that today is not really Sunday. Amen? I don't know. The word Sunday is a word for a Greek god, the sun god. So when people say, it's Sunday, guess what? We're actually saying it's, it's a Greek God. It's the sun God. This is the Sabbath. Come on. Amen? See, in, in, in Jerusalem, in, in the Jewish customs, they don't say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They don't even say certain months like August because that's also a, a, a worship of a God, a, a Augustus and, and so on. They say first day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day, and Sabbath. How many know this is our Sabbath? Okay, you're not going to go to hell if you say Sunday. (laughs) It's okay. All right. He went, as usual, to the synagogue on Sabbath, and he stood up to read the scriptures, and the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. Just visualize this. He unrolled the scroll. All eyes are on him. It's Jesus. He's in his hometown. He found the place where this was written. He's in his hometown. Remember, his identity there was what? Joseph's son, Mary's son, carpenter's boy. But guess what? He's been given a new title, hasn't he? And see, sometimes, church, we are living in our old titles. Sometimes, church, we, we, I, I'm still a son. I'm still all these things. But the greatest title that we have are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. That trumps all titles, Amen. That is the greatest title. Jesus understood who he was. He knew his place. He knew his task. He knew his title. But here he is in his hometown. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has, he has, the father has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives. I love that. He sent us to proclaim to the poor, to the weak, to the hurt. He has sent to the captives will be released, that the blind will see. And that the oppressed will be set free. That the time of the Lord's favor has come. Let's say that. The time of the Lord's favor has come. You believe that? You watch the news a whole lot. You might not think so. But if you read the word of God, you'll realize in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Amen. And God is saying, I have greater things coming in these last days. He's going to do amazing things. Know what his word says. And he rolled up the scroll. He's done reading, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. I love that. Jesus sits down, and the Bible says that all eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. What did he just say? Now, isn't that, isn't that Joseph's boy? Is it, I remember that guy. He's, 
I remember him as a kid, and I remember all the things. But now, how many know his identity, his title? He's been set apart for a mission, hasn't he? And there's a place in our lives when people come to that realization that I am set apart for Jesus Christ. I love it when I see believers who begin to understand their, their description, their title is in Christ. It's not that I, I, I'm a good musician or I'm a good athlete. My title is not even that I'm a great this or that. My number one title is that I am a son of God and that you are a son or daughter of God. Amen? How many know when you begin to have that, things kind of fall in order in life? It doesn't mean you'll be perfect. It doesn't mean you have bad days. It means you know who you are in Christ. And we have a generation of fathers who need to know who they are in Christ, who need to know the word of God. What Jesus was saying, he's letting everybody know, right? All eyes are on him. He has their attention. He's in the synagogue. It's the Sabbath. And he says, you know the Messiah that you've been waiting for, the Messiah, folks? Well, I'm the Messiah. I'm he. That's my title. That's who I am. That's, that's, I've been set apart for this job. And he said, I've not come with an anointing from man, but I've come from an, an anointing from God. And he said, I'm on a mission to get you back. In the days that we live in church, our Heavenly Father is on a mission to get the, the prodigals back. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. God is like, I am doing whatever I have to do in these last days. Because the enemy is an evangelist too, and he's evangelizing hard. He is out there hardcore trying to convince people that God doesn't really care what we do. God, God does care. And God says, I have called you to be set apart. And he's coming back, and he wants you back. Amen? He wants people back. I'm going to wrap this up in just a minute. But I want to focus on these last few things. Christ is a title. It's his greatest title. Because we all needed a Savior. Follow me on this. A lot of people might say, well, well, we have an economy problem, Pastor. You know, we have all, we have all these problems in the world, and, 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 you know, we have these issues, political problems. Well, but when God looked down at the world, he didn't agree, unless he would have sent an economist. Well, like I said, we have, a, we have this political problem going on in the world. We have a lot of political problems. And, I mean, if you watch the news, it is just back and forth. It's just... It's, I can't even keep up with it. It drives me crazy. I don't know if we have statesmen anymore. Anywhere. And so we, people say, well, well we, we have a political problem in the world. That's the problem. It's the political problem. Guess what? God didn't send a politician. Well, well we, have, we have all these other issues in the world. We have a crime problem. He didn't send a police officer. We have a justice problem. He didn't send a judge. He didn't send a psychiatrist. God didn't send any of these things. When God looked down on the world, he deemed it that you and I have a sin problem. Amen? And we have a separation problem. We have a problem of being separated from the world. I mean... Can I, is there any chance, can I, is there any couple people after church, can I look through your phones and just see what you've been searching? How many know? There's times in my life I'd be like, I don't know if I want everyone to watch what I've watched. On, and that, come on, let's be honest. I wish I could see everything. How many know we all have a sin issue? Amen? I have some angels in the house today. Glad to have you here. <laughs> Boy, I see those wings popping out. We all have a sin problem. And what we do have is a redeemer. Amen. 
And our goal in life is to, God, I won't be sinless, but I say this all the time. I want to sin less and less and less. And so we, God said, you have a sin problem. Therefore, he sent a Savior into the world. Hallelujah. There's no, what a title that is. Our Savior came to redeem us, to, to, to pardon us, to, to build that, that bridge between the B.C. and the A.D. And we have a Savior that has given us new life. Amen. And so now our title as sons and daughters of God, we don't have the shame. Hallelujah. We don't have the guilt, but we are set free from sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you still believe that the blood has power, say amen. Amen. We do in this church. We know that the blood carries power. It will always have power, that our sins are forgiven and our sins are washed away. And the more that we draw close to God, the more that we're set apart, the less and less that we should ever want to sin. Amen? Hallelujah. See, when we get saved, it's all about this journey of walking away from my past and not associating with that old sin. Asking God, my title now is is son or daughter of God. So God sent a Savior. He sent the Messiah, the Christ. His title creates our testimony. Amen. His title creates our testimony. So we, we will then understand what he came to do for us. God came and he sent his son. Let's stand. I want to ask you to stand with me. See, when Jesus interrupts your life, and how many in this room can say there's been times when Jesus has interrupted your life? Back in the day, there used to be a lot of these commercial things. You'd be watching TV, and we, we interrupt this regularly scheduled program <laughs> to bring you some news, right? There are times in life when the Holy Spirit has to interrupt our life and get us back on course. And I wish I could say I've never had an interruption. I, I, I wish I could say every day I wake up and I'm, I'm singing like zippity-doo-dah, you know? Zippity-doo-dah, zippity-day, my own eye. I'm going to read the whole Bible today. You know? I'm going to witness to 40 people and fast and pray. Zippity-doo-dah, Jesus is on his way. I, thank you. That was spontaneous and not so good. But I will say, we don't always wake up with that thought, maybe, but it's amazing when you wake up and you start saying, God, even if I don't feel it, I know you're with me. I'm anointed. I have an anointing on my life. Yet I have to face some difficult things, Lord. I choose today to be set apart. Amen? You know, you made a choice this morning to get up and come to church. You could have stayed home. There's a lot of other things many of you could have done. You said, I choose to be in the house of God. I choose to do these things. I choose to read the word. And see, God sees that. And and so I I chose, I wasn't probably the best employee my boss had. I might not have been the smartest. I wasn't the best salesperson. But I chose to do whatever I could do with excellence. The very best. And so, fathers, You've been given a task. If you're married, to love your wife, to lay down your life for her, to love your children, to live your life with integrity, 
to show God that I'm ready to do what you asked me to do. This task that you've given me, this, this responsibility, this title, whatever that job description has, I take the job. And I want to tell you, it is the greatest journey. We're on this journey together, aren't we? I mean, living for Christ, I don't know about you, but I can never, ever leave this journey. Ever. I love it. I love waking up every day and saying, my Redeemer lives. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, God, that, that even though I, I don't always feel like singing zippity-doo-dah, God, you've made this day, and you're going to bless it. You're going to use me. And that, that God, I, I want to I live for you with excellence and integrity. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? I want to ask you this question this morning. What is your title right now? What is, what is your title? It might be, like I said, mother, daughter, father, son, student, grandfather, grandmother. There's a lot of titles we carry. It might be musician, artist, athlete, coach. These are all good titles. And everything we do, we should do it as unto the Lord. Everything. You might feel small, but listen, those small things add up. Everything we do, we should be learning and growing from those experiences. Every little thing. Listen, even as we speak to our, our children, for, for, I'm going to speak to the fathers. When you speak to your children, even those little words of kindness, those begin to add up. And we have to ask God, God, I, I want to speak those words. I want to I speak into their lives. See, a father not only protects and a father not only loves, a father also sometimes has to discipline. A father has to lead with love. What is your title? See, Jesus isn't like a new pair of shoes, right? We put them on, they're good for a while, we try them out, we... We, 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 we live in them, and then we trade them in. No, Jesus is something forever. Forever. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed just for a moment, I want to pray over you this morning. I want to ask God that we would understand what we know, what our titles are. Describe to us, Holy Spirit, what you would ask us to do. And I pray that you understand that you are set apart for a purpose. God has a purpose for every single one of you. Nobody in this room, no one in this room has, has, has earned more favor or respect. God says, I want to use everyone in these last days. Father, now we thank you, God. We are anointed to preach good news. Our lives, our words, our actions preach louder than, than anything else. How we treat people, how we love people, how we live out the word of God. Father, let our lives demonstrate that, that task, that title that you've given us as evangelists and preachers of the good news of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that we would love unconditionally. Let the, I pray over our fathers in this room, all the men in this room. All, if, you're, if you're young or old, if you've been a father, you haven't been a father, I want to pray over all the men in this room right now. Father God, I pray for a standard, standard to be raised. Father God, that we would set the bar high. God, that, that we would ask you that, Lord, what in our life is stopping us to be set apart if there is something? 
Lord, that we as men want to be men of God, men of valor, men of dignity, men of character. Father, in all the traps that the enemy tries to lay down in front of us, Lord God, that you will point out those traps. You will lead. If we follow you, you, God, you will lead us. So, Lord, we turn our eyes to you for wisdom, for direction as men of, of wisdom. Lord, I pray over the ladies of this church. Father God, that they would be driven by love and wisdom and and excellence and leadership and power. God, we thank you for this church, God, this body. God, we work together to reach a greater goal, and that is to lead people to Jesus Christ. That is our identity, is to lead people to Christ. It is the Great Commission. Lord, now I pray that we would leave this place today feeling more encouraged, more blessed, more ready to get deeper in the Word of God. And if there's somebody here this morning, you say, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, you say, Pastor, I just want prayer right now. There's some things in my life I know they're holding me back. And I want God to have full authority in my life. I just want to say, God, here it is. I I give these to you. Maybe there's some things in your life that you're still struggling with. Would you just lift your hands right now? Anything in your life? Father, you know the things that keep us from fulfilling those tasks in our lives, this purpose that we have been given by you. Father God, we look to you. We look to the cross. We look to the word of God for our strength, for our direction. We don't look to anything else but you alone and your word. And what your word says about us is true, that we can do all things through you who gives us strength, that we are more than conquerors. You've called us for a purpose greater than the man-made titles. We are anointed to preach the good news. Let us leave this place, Lord, walking in that anointing, speaking in that anointing, loving in that anointing, and living under the anointing of God. I pray that we'd be better fathers and better husbands, better mothers and better wives, better students, sons and daughters, whatever title of life we're at right now, we would do it with excellence to the best of your called plan in our life, our task. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you know-